Grand Day, Grand Rising, all welcome to the Daily Huddle. My name is Chase Stillgrave. I'm your host for today, along with my good friend, Dan the Man. He is definitely going to pump some really great information into all of you. I appreciate you being here. And of course, before we begin, I have to say something a little smart. <laughs> something a little bit uh, awakening, I guess. So, two guys are talking to each other, and one guy is just constantly talking to him about health and eating it all the time. And finally, one day his friend says to him, you know, I thought about it. And being a vegetarian, to me, is simply a missed steak. The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. Yes, yes, here we are once again. Oh, nobody does it like the huddle. We, we get in here and uh, I'm so happy to be here. Chase Stillgrave once again with my guest once again today, uh, Dan Cornette. So, you know, um, we've been seeing uh, Dan the Man Cornette quite a bit and I like it. He's a great energy. If you've never seen him before, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about who he is. Uh, <clears throat> Dan Cornette is a former corporate sales representative turned to nutrition when his stressful career left him obese with multiple chronic diseases, including cancer. After following the guidance of a nutrition coach, Dan was able to reverse his conditions and regain control of his life and his career. This experience inspired him to gain a certification from the Nutritional Therapy Association. And since 2018, Dan has helped hundreds of people like all of us to revitalize their lives through the power of optimal nutrition and sustainable lifestyle changes. Please welcome once again to the Daily Huddle, my good friend, Dan Cornett. Thank you, Chase. Thank you for the intro. I don't know if anybody gives you applause. I'm just giving you applause. I don't know <laughs> if that's been done before. <laughs> um, you know, you're here again, obviously. Once again, um, we're going to tackle this topic today, um, how much we can learn about food consumption from blue zones of the world. I've done copious amounts of research on this because I, you know, health is, is always in the front of my brain. And um, I... Um, I wrote some notes down of some things that stuck out for me. So I'm yeah. just going to throw a couple of them out and then I would like you to, to delve into it if you would. This sure. one I had never heard before and I thought this was really, really interesting. So uh, in Sardinia, in Italy, right? We know that they consume a lot of really amazing things that they get from the land and it's there and so on and so forth. This is outside of that. One of the reasons why some of the most centurions are in Sardinia they say it's because the men that are living the longest have three to five daughters. And I thought, wow, that's so interesting. So the guy, it says three to five daughters. Is that because all of those people take care of him in a way that, you know, five people take care of you. You can't really die early, can you? Everyone's taking care of you. Or is it because he has mustered up the patience to deal with the female species five times around him. That's what the guy said. And I was like, oh, okay, let's go with that. I thought that was really interesting. Also, yeah. one, more, uh, one more piece of information. I have tons of them, and I just want to start with two. Uh, I thought of uh, Rashida when I saw this one. So Costa Rica is um, 
surviving on one fifteenth of the normal health care that other people are, and they're mostly um, surviving on what's called the Mesoamerican diet, which is um, predominantly corn tortillas, beans, and squash. That to me was also very cool. I, I mean, I understand it now that I think about it. Those are the two two of the really most interesting um, topics that I, I assert. And then, of course, lastly, um, in what is this place called again? Loma, Loma Linda. California, um, where most of the Seventh-day Adventists are. And this one sentence, which I believe comes from Genesis. I'm not an expert in the Bible. Um, all plants that bear seeds and all trees that bear fruits. They base their diet off of that. I thought, huh, that's very interesting too. So what I would love for you to do is kind of give me your overview of that, but also speak to those, uh, the nine tenets that we spoke about that deal with the kind of the intersection of all the things, which some of them actually do connect with our tenants here on the huddle. Yeah, but for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think, yeah, to uh, <laughs> speak on the the first point that you had on there with the, um, you know, having a lot of daughters, I think that's, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, men can be very stubborn, you know, and no, right. You know, um, I was that stubborn husband for a while too, that didn't want to make any changes. And, you know, even though I was overweight and, you know, saw all those kind of red blood markers on my, on my report. And right. I was still right. like, Oh no, I'll still have some wine with dinner. I'll still, you know, go out and do my thing during the day and all that kind of thing. But it finally took, um, you know, a little bit of pushing right from the right. from the females in my life to finally be like okay like this is the way you need to go right mm -hmm. and um so yeah i think that, that does have, play a factor to that and one of the main things they talk about in these blue zones is their community right the family atmosphere sure. around them that is so prominent in these regions mm -hmm. you know, the fact that they do take care of their elderly and they don't just shove them in a you know in a retirement home Right. And, uh, you know, they're part of the group. They help raise the kids. They help, you know, they still do a lot of work, you know, and a lot of the videos that I've seen and people that have gone and visited these places, they've shown that, you know, these 70, 80, 90 year olds are still out working the fields and they're, you know, doing yard work and they're, they're moving around. Right. And I think that's another big tenant of it as well is the movement aspect. Right. So, you know, the more that you're able to do functional movements throughout your lifetime, you know, the more you're going to build muscle, the more you're going to be less likely to fall down and break a hip when you're 80 or 90 years old, right? Which could be very detrimental. So it's like having that, I guess, lifetime of movement and purpose and family. I think that is really um, one of the main aspects of the blue zones that I think kind of gets overlooked a lot of it because I think a lot of people are focusing on the diet side of things and not so much on the other eight that, that are, uh, that are on there, the power nine that they talk about. And I, I do think that the main thing with their diets again, is that everything's coming from the land, right? They're, these aren't people that go to McDonald's every day for lunch, right? <laughs> um, you know, they are, they're growing their own, whether it's fruits, vegetables, uh, livestock, you know, they, they do eat meat in these regions as well. They're not completely vegetarian. Um, I think that's kind of a misnomer. And a, a lot of that is, I think, kind of based on translation mm. issues. Right. Um, because there, there's one person that I heard talk about this. Um, his name is uh, Dr. Bill Schindler. And he's a he's an archaeologist. 
And uh, so he's studied a lot of traditional diets and, you know, what people ate over the time uh, and kind of like reintroducing traditional cooking into modern food, right? So he um, actually traveled to Sardinia and which is one of the blue zones. And he visited multiple families while he was there. And what he saw was that every single family owned animals of some sort, right? They had pigs, they had goats, um, you know, they uh, drank the goat milk. They would also hear their own uh, charcuterie, like salami and uh, prosciutto, that kind of stuff. And then they would eat that pretty much every day. And every time he went to a different family, they presented him with this big platter of charcuterie and fruits and vegetables and all that kind of stuff that came along with it as well. Mm. But um, one of the main things he asked that was like, you know, in a lot of the research that we've found out about these blue zones is that you guys eat mostly plants. And the family was like, no, that's not the case. And they said, on Sundays, we eat meat. And that was kind of what got misinterpreted was that what they meant by that, and that might be their local dialect or how they say things. But when they say Sundays, we eat meat, Sundays, we have a big barbecue and we have all our friends and family come together and we roast a whole animal and we, you know, we, we praise that animal. We say thanks to it. We, you know, uh, pray and have, you know, guidance from above, right. To say, you know, thank you for your sacrifice. And that's, that's one of the few things I think that we've lost in today's day and age, like whether you're religious or not, you know, in whether you eat meat or not, but when you do eat meat, it's that animal had to give its life you to sustain you right to nourish you so that's one of the things that i think that we've gotten away from where you know you just go to the store and you pick up a package of ground beef and you don't know where it came from you don't know you know how that animal is raised you don't know how it was treated how it was cared for all that kind of stuff these people do you know they raise their own animals right and so they know you know and they intimately take care of that animal for as long as it's alive and then they you know end its life in a humane way and then they they get to eat that animal which gives that the nutrients that they need to to thrive right so i think while fruits and vegetables are a big part of their diet the fact that meat is still part of their diet i think is a big big talking point i think it's gets overlooked right and i I do feel like meat does have a place in people's diet whether you know if you have more of a um you know an ethical side of things with that and you know you just don't like the fact that something else has to die in order for you to eat. Like I'm totally like, I can't say anything bad about that. Like that's your own ethos. That's what you believe in. Then that's totally fine. But if that's not the case, um, yeah, I I do feel like, like meat does belong in a, uh, in a diet and, um, but you know, and balanced. And I do think like, like you're talking about with the, um, the Costa Ricans, right. Um, sustaining mostly on squash and rice and beans and those kind of things. And I think, Again, if those are grown locally and in your area and they're not, you know, coming out of a can or, you know, uh, flown across the world sometimes, you know, a lot of those fruits and vegetables, right, they lose a lot of their nutrient components when they're, you're getting, you know, blueberries from Chile or, you know, that kind of thing where it has to be flown up across basically half the world, right, to get up to where we are, right? So you're losing a lot of those nutrients that are coming that you think are in those plants and vegetables that aren't actually there, right? So I think the fact that they're eating a mostly non-processed diet 
hundred percent, you know, is one of the reasons that contributes to their, um, to their longevity. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things that's missing from our diet currently is the fact that we are getting closer to 60 to 70% of our diet that is processed. It's the complete opposite. Right. Right. So as long, you know, whether you're eating fruit, vegetables, you know, meat, whatever it might be, as long as they are in their whole form and they're not processed in a way that completely denatures the, you know, the, the nutrients that are in that, uh, that food, then you're going to get all those nutrients that you actually need and be able to uptake them into your body and utilize them for fuel. Right. But, you know, usually when it comes to processed foods, they're just, they're stripped of all their, all their nutrients and they have to fortify them with synthetic vitamins, minerals, all those kind of things that our bodies just don't really know what to do with and probably only absorb about a half or, you know, a percentage of what's actually you know on the label. It says that there might be a, a thousand micrograms of, uh, of vitamin A or whatever that might be in that, but you're probably only absorbing a fraction of that because it's a synthetic vitamin that they're reintroducing into this denatured food. Right. So I, I think that has something to do with it. You know, that's great information. Everything you said, I mean, totally all the research that I've done supports just about everything that you said. And I like one of the reasons why I like the fact that we're talking today is because some of the things that you said are not what we're hearing. And I believe sometimes we need a conflicting viewpoint to open up the the, the, the cavern a little bit because not everything is so set, right? Um, also was very fascinated to find out that um, on the island of Icaria, I think it's called in Greece, no dementia, no one has dementia. Yeah. And I'm right. like, wow, interesting. Now, also, um, when you go to those places, and I've been to a few Greek islands, and I thought about this when they said it. He said, um, uh, um, these islands are built in steep, they're, they're steep. So the actual exercise is built into their everyday life. You don't see a 24-hour fitness gym, blink. You don't see that there. And I, I remember, I just, it hit me when I went there. Everyone's always moving to their home, from their home, up the mountain, down the mountain, right? And the things that we talk about as far as food consumption, um, well, probably mostly with grease, like yogurt, honey, fruit and nuts, all those things that are attainable in that place. Now, as far as animal consumption, the obvious things that they take that fresh fish right out of the water and yeah. they give it to you. And when I was there at the time I was consuming more fish, I remember very specifically being at an outdoor cafe, seeing the fish come up in the net. And less than 40 minutes later, 30 minutes later, it was on your plate. That's a yeah. big difference in how we consume our fish and all the nutrients and all the minerals and everything that's involved in that, right? And then um, one of the things that threw me off a little bit, and you can chime in on this, is in Italy, I don't, have I been to Sardinia? Yes, I was in Sardinia briefly, but not a, a, very, a, a long period of time. In all of Italy, wherever I went with any family, the two things that we always push and pull with were always there, the bread and the wine, mm-hmm. right? In Sardinia, help me if you know the name of this, I'm not sure. I, I believe from my research, and I hope I'm, I'm correct, in Sardinia, there's a wine that has the highest content of polyphenols of any other wine. 
what is that wine called? That's called Cannonau. Yes, Cannonau. Yeah. See, that's why we yeah. bring you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> well, it helps that I that I sold wine for seven years, so oh, you know, I've right. got a little bit of that that, that wine right, knowledge right. behind me as well. Tell us about yeah. that and the polyphenols. Why that specifically is good? Yeah, I mean the polyphenols are um, in there. They're basically, I mean, the the main one that's in Cannonau is uh, called resveratrol. Um, and yeah, resveratrol has been connected to longevity in a lot of studies that have been done and uh, it can improve heart health and um, blood flow in the body, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's just, it's one of those, um, you know, the little like organisms that are in these plants, right, right, that can actually be beneficial to us. So yeah, I mean, I do think that there are benefits to that and also the way that they make wine in italy is very minimalistic really right you know they yeah they they don't spray with um you know pesticides and herbicides those kind of things in their vineyards so it's you know very clean and a lot of times they're older vines as well which um you know they've had time to mature so they're putting out you know less fruit but more right. concentrated fruit right? right so they're able to take that wine or those grapes and you know basically just put them into a vat and you know mush them down let them ferment naturally with the natural yeasts that are in the uh uh just in the air and they get to uh you know ferment naturally and you know they don't use any fillers or any um additives that a lot of wineries these days are doing where you know a lot of modern wineries especially in california they want the mcdonald's factor right, right. where they want each vineyard to taste or each vintage to taste the same so they're not they're putting a lot of extra sugar into their wine and um you know additives and chemicals and those kind of things to manipulate the wine so that it tastes the same as the previous vintage right so when you go and buy your bottle of you know whatever is barefoot you know and that kind of stuff that's on the shelf you know that that's going to taste exactly how the last bottle tastes. Whereas wine is supposed to be something that's alive, right? It's supposed to be natural. It's supposed to be constantly changing in the bottle. And with that, it's a fermented be beverage, right? So fermented beverages can actually be beneficial to your gut lining, right? It can help that, but the alcohol levels are a little bit higher in wine than they are in things like kombucha and, um, you know, those kind of things that can actually be beneficial. So I don't know how much of a, of, of a benefit to the gut wine is, but I think also it's, it's just a way to relax. Right. And one of the things that they talk about in their power of nine is, yep. um, right. less stress. Yeah. Less, less stress. stress right. Yeah. And part of that is having a glass of wine with dinner and what they do. I mean, and they actually do this with kids as well Is they'll give them you know, maybe yes. an ounce or two and then it's fill true. up the rest with water, yeah. right? And they'll, they'll, they'll dilute it. But these kids feel like they're just like they're one of the adults, right? They, they get to hang out, they get to have dinner and they, they're drinking on their little bit of wine and, you know, but, but it also turns it into something where alcohol doesn't become abused, right? Because these people grow up with it and they right. know that wine is only something to be had with dinner. It's not something to like go grab a bottle and drink the entire thing. You know, you have a glass, maybe two with dinner and socialize right it's that family atmosphere around dinner that we've lost right so many of us just you know come home from work and throw together whatever they can or order from uber eats or throw a pizza in the oven whatever it might be and then turn on the tv and sit down on the couch right and you know we've lost that let's sit down you know cook a meal or even just cook a meal together right and involve your kids involve your spouse 
whoever it might be, hey, can you come chop up these vegetables? Hey, can you uh, throw this meat on the grill? Whatever it might be, you know, kind of involve the involve the whole family in the process so that they know where their food is coming from. And it's not just, oh, you know, doorbell rings, food is here. You know, like I think a lot of kids lose that connection to their food as well, where, you know, if you ask the modern, you know, five or six-year-old where their food comes from, they're going to say, oh, it comes from the grocery store. Right. You know, they, they don't know that there are farmers that, that grow everything, that there are, you know, um, livestock managers that, you know, actually take care of animals and they make sure they're fed properly, that kind of thing. And so it's like, it, they just lose that whole connection to it. Right. So, you know, I wanted I to ask that, you something. I, I, yeah. I apologize for interrupting you. I wanted to ask you something before we open it up for questions. And I think I, I mentioned it earlier on in the question. We just have so much stuff to go over for each yeah. item. It's like crazy. Um, the again, when I was in Italy and saw all that bread being intake, of course, going to Napoli and tasting that first piece of pizza, you totally yeah. get it. You totally get it. I'm like, oh, this is pizza. The, the, the bread falls, it's soft, you feel the tomato sauce. In it. I'm like, wow, in your opinion or from your knowledge, could it be that, oh, obviously the bread is different, the water is different, the, the, the density is different. I get all that. Could it be also that during the meals, because that's why I brought this up, I'm at a table with 10 people, they're like staring at me because I'm having such a great time, and there's these clumps of bread all over the table, people just grabbing pieces of it and, you know, whatever, but they are consuming wine as well. And I was thinking maybe that correlation does help them intake it to the body better because just straight drinking alcohol versus having something in your stomach as a buffer. What's your take on that based on the bread? And just give us a little bit something about bread because bread is the champion. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is big over there. And I think the the main difference you know I, i've had a lot of friends that have gone to italy and they say oh my gosh i had all this pasta and you know bread and all that kind of stuff and i lost weight you know yeah. whereas if you eat a lot of that stuff here yeah odds are you're going to gain they weight, make right? their pasta before you eat it yeah exactly but i mean the thing is that they are you know a lot of the herbicides and pesticides that are used on our farmlands here in america are banned in the eu Right. Yep. So a lot of those pesticides are not being used. So it's actually easier on the guts because um, glyphosate has actually been shown to cause a lot of um, gastrol distress. Right. It can tear away the lining, the lining of the stomach. And yeah, so it, it can actually, you know, eating that more natural um, grains can actually, you know, be beneficial to the body. Right. And also just that, like you're talking about eating with 10 other people, right? When you're eating with a group of people, it automatically puts your body into more of a parasympathetic state, right? right? So that's a more relaxed state. That's where your body's going to be more relaxed. So we want to be in a relaxed state when we eat our food so that our bodies can focus on digestion and they're not stressed out, right? right? So if you're eating your meal because you have... 15 minutes in between appointments at noon, you know, that kind of thing. And you're just kind of, you know, jamming it down your throat. You're going to be in that stressed out state and you're not going to digest that food as well. Right. Whereas opposed to these people that are living in these communities where they have, again, like five, 10, 15 people sometimes living in the, in the same house or next door, you know, and they get together for dinner every day. Like that's, that's the more like relaxed way to eat. Right. So that you can digest your food properly 
And, you know, having a glass of wine is not going to affect you as much as it would be if you were stressed out at that time, right? So it's all about your state of the body and how the food that you eat interacts with your body, right? Correct. I agree 100%. I knew you would say most of that. Just wanted to make sure where you come from on that. Michelle, what would you like to say? Yeah, so I'm a vagabond. I'm, I'm a nomad. I travel, and so I stay with lots of people. And I found that when I am included in their meal, it's 90% a meat and a carb. And that's it. Just a processed meat and some kind of processed carb. And the vegetable, if there is any, is just like a little decoration on the side. It's not a substantial portion of the meal. And so they're eating all this processed stuff and no real anything. And uh, it's also, um, you know, when I'm visiting, I'm a visitor. So the meal is a little more relaxed and we're having conversation. But typically what you see with families, it's exactly what Dan was saying. You know, you're just shoveling food in. Um, And if you're forced, forced to join the family, then you're on your cell phone or you're, is this over yet? And you hurry through it so you can leave. It's true. I can't even. It's totally not healthy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I I have nothing to say. You hit it right on the head. (laughs) Dan, you probably hear, I mean, you hear it. It's real, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I don't have kids personally, so it's, it's tough for me to kind of give advice when it comes to that. But, you know, if you have young kids, I think it's, it's to start early and kind of build those traditions and, you know, kind of make that a priority. And it might be a way to, if you have older kids, you might have to reward them. Right. And I think one of the easiest ways to build habits is to, you know, start small. So say, okay, like we're, we're just going to, you know, sit at the table for five minutes together and we're going to eat food. And after those five minutes are up, then you can get up and go do whatever you want. Right. Start with those five. And then maybe next week it's 10 and the next week it's 15 and then that kind of thing, or maybe incorporate a game into it as well. Right. And, you know, whether it's a board game or a card game or something that's going to entertain them while they're eating as well. Right. So it's something to kind of get everybody to the table and, um, you know, at least start talking about something. Sorrell. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, and thank you so much. I'm, uh, I've never heard of the Power Nine, and I'm left very curious as to what they are. Could you yeah, list so them? Let me let me and, read through them real quick. So yeah. I just have a little bit of time left. But the first one is move naturally. So again, like Chase said, you know they don't have gyms and you know exercise equipment that kind of stuff. They're they're doing functional movement. They're tending the garden, they're doing yard work, they're moving up and down those hilly slopes, right? That kind of stuff. They're walking a lot. So that's a really important uh, purpose is number two. So there's a couple of different sayings that the different uh, regions have, but they basically translate to why I wake up in the morning, right? So having a why, having a purpose statement, I think is really important, especially if you're trying to make changes in your life. Knowing exactly why you're making those changes can help you you know, not defer from those changes, right? So having that powerful why statement statement in your head can keep you from making bad decisions, right? Um, downshift is number three. So that is um, basically, you know, everybody experiences stress, no matter how 
stress-free you think your life is that everyone experiences stress, right? Which can lead to chronic inflammation. Um, you know, it's associated with every major age-related disease. But um, you know, most of these blue zone regions have uh, routines that are uh, around like shredding your stress, right? So Okinawans take a few moments every day to remember their ancestors, right? The Seventh-day Adventists, they pray a lot, right? And then uh, it says here, the Ikarians take a nap during the day, kind of like a siesta. So oh, yes. that would be great to you know implement into a lot of our lives. And the Sardinians do a happy hour, right? So yeah, it's getting your friends and family together to celebrate the day and talk about it and you know experience each other, right? Um, number four is the 80% rule. And this is an Okinawan tradition um, that says to uh, stop eating when your stomach is 80% full. So that's a way to kind of reduce your calorie intake there. Um, number five is plant slant. So that says that uh, beans, including fava beans, black beans, soy, and lentils are the cornerstone of most centarian diets. Uh, meat, mostly pork, is eaten on average only five times per month. And the serving sizes are three to four ounces, um, the size of a deck of cards. So yeah, I, I do feel like meat is important in this in this discussion as well. Um, how much you incorporate that into your life is your own personal decision. But um, yeah, I think that there is there is um, you know, meat is definitely a benefit to the body if it is well cared for and you know where it's coming from, right? Uh, number six is wine at five. So that's the wine discussion that we were having on there before. So again, sticking to one to two glasses per day. Uh, preferably that uh, Sardinian Cannonau wine, if you can find it. Um, and then number seven is Belong. So it says all but five of 263 centenarians uh, that they interviewed belong to some faith-based community. So denomination doesn't really matter, but research does show that attending uh, faith-based services four times per month will add four to 14 years of life expectancy. So that's that's pretty interesting, you know, whether it's uh, religious or even just like a strong community feel, I think can definitely add on to that that life expectancy. Uh, loved ones first. I thought this was really interesting uh, as number eight. So um, successful centenarians in the blue zones put their families first. So this means that they keep aging parents and grandparents nearby or in the home um, and they commit to a life partner. Right. And which it says can add up to three years of life expectancy. Uh, because they take care of each other, right? And it's about community. It's about taking care of each other and investing that time into your family because, you know, the older generation has a lot of information to uh, to share with the younger generation, right? And I think we're losing a lot of that. I think that's why a lot of younger people don't particularly like to cook anymore because that that tradition has been lost over the last couple of generations, right? So we're kind of falling away from that. And then number nine is the right tribe. So it says the world's longest lived people choose or were born into social circles that supported healthy behaviors. Okinawans created uh, moes, groups of five friends that committed to each other for life. And research uh, from the Framingham study showed that smoking, obesity, happiness, and even loneliness are contagious. So the social networks of long lived people are, are favorably shaped their health behaviors. So, you know, you, it, Another thing I've heard is that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So think about that. Like who are the five people that you're spending the most time with and are they benefiting you or are they a detriment to you, right? And that's maybe when you need to find a new social circle or explore a new faith-based, um, you know, whatever it might be to kind of get yourself 
to where it is that you want to go spiritually, mentally, physically, all that good stuff. Cause that's really the only way you're going to be a whole human, right? Great, great answers, man. Wow. So much information today. This is going to be a great one to go back to for a lot of people. Thank you, Sorrel, for your question. Um, I want to add before we sign off right here that we are all um, open to this uh, challenge that Dan is putting for us. Remember, Dan Cornette, if you want to go to the challenge, because this is a time of year where we're kind of like preparing ourselves, or we, we like to think we are, <laughs> if we don't stick to it, it doesn't happen, but <laughs> there's a challenge. The, the site is Advance Your Nutrition dot com slash challenge i believe it is right yeah that's correct yeah yeah advance your nutrition.com slash challenge and um we sure. officially started the challenge yesterday but our first live call is going to be tomorrow evening so i extended the deadline to tonight uh tuesday the 17th at midnight so uh basically the way the challenge is going to work is uh there's going to be three live calls that happen uh, over the next three weeks and this first week is really going to be about um, how to go through the process of removing processed foods and sugars from your diet. And uh, we'll talk about the best tics, tricks, uh, tricks and tips to be able to do that, uh, give you some really good nutrition nuggets to take away from that as far as like, you know, what to put in your body, what to avoid. Uh, you're going to get some really cool weekly learning materials that come along with it that you can go back to um, once the challenge is over and be able to reincorporate some of the stuff back into your life anytime that you kind of, you know, anytime that you might fall off the wagon a little bit, right? So if you're afraid, oh gosh, I can't, I can't give up sugar and processed foods for seven days. You know, you have these materials to fall back on. You also have the support of a group around you. Like not only do you have a trained nutrition professional to uh, guide you through this. You also have the support of the other people that are in this group, right? So that's, um, y'all are going to be invited into an app that I have that has a chat group in there where y'all can talk to each other and support each other along. You also get a seven day meal plan that comes along with it with a shopping list. So you can, uh, I'll have that to you by the end of the week so that you can go shopping over the weekend so that you can start the seven day uh, healthy eating meal plan next week. And so that'll be the main uh, portion of the challenge will be next week. And then the final week is going to be, um, you know, more of like supporting you through any of the challenges that you experience, but also how to move forward onto this, right? So how to take what you learned in these seven days and make it more of a lifestyle change and incorporate some of these healthy habits into your life, right? So um, I have given this product away for free before, but I do feel like people are more invested when they have a little bit of skin in the game, right? So that's why I just wanted to charge a nominal fee for it, just so that you would have the motivation to uh, to put everything into it. So uh, you're also going to get a 20-minute phone call with me to kind of go over your goals and everything uh, that you might need to help uh, get you through uh, this pr this program. And so everything combined, uh, you know, is really a, a total value of $447 when you break it down individually. But I'm going to give it to you guys for a, just one payment of $99 today. Um, so I think it's a really great way to, again, get yourself set up ahead of the holidays, right? Because we're, we all have family that we're going to go see during the holidays, right? And it's one of those things where, you know, if you can kind of take care of yourself over the next three weeks before the holidays happen, you know, what's, what's your family going to say, right? Are they going to say, oh my gosh, you look great. What have you been doing? Right. Or are they going to, you know, whisper behind their back like, oh, oh, Sally's not looking so good, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So kind of get yourself set up today right now so that 
you can survive the holidays a lot easier, right? So that's that's kind of the idea behind it. But I think it's going to be a fun, inviting environment where y'all can learn and grow and, uh, you know, do everything you need to together, right? Which I think is, again, part of that community aspect that we can all learn from and grow, right? Well, I, I know we're going back to this one again. There's a lot of information here. Thank you so much, Dan. We got to uh, definitely shut down. We're over time for sure, for sure. Thank you all for being here. It's been a pleasure, as it always is. I love to host the huddle. It's wonderful. Uh, nice to see you, Michelle. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate all of you. It's been a lot of fun. It's been very informative. Dan, you and I will be talking as we always do. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a spectacular day. Be well. Blessings, family. Have a good one. Thank you, Dan. Bye, everybody. Have a super sparkly Tuesday. <laughs> you too, Michelle. Thanks so much. At the Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give our very best each day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss that stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud from your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back. You will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, and your actions, power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. Until next time.